My name's Rad, and I want to tell you about the Transformers. My curiosity is aroused. Hey folks, and welcome to Transformers Tuesdays, the fan hole spinoff show where we talk Transformers all the time, every time. I'm Mike, I'm going to be your host tonight, and uh, what we have tonight is uh, something I'd like to call the worst G1 episode showdown. We're going to review and compare and contrast what most people consider, like, you could make a case for either of them, uh, the worst episode of the original G1 Sunbow cartoon. And with me tonight are... Hey, what's up? This is Derek, Derek WC. Where do we find the band leader? Hey, this is Justin. Hey, this is Tony. And these both suck! Hey, I know it wasn't great, but what right do you have to complain? As a loyal viewer, I feel they owe me. What? They're giving you thousands of hours of entertainment for free. What could they possibly owe you? I mean, if anything, you owe them. Worst episode ever. The two episodes I am talking about are... Uh, episode uh, 65 of, uh, and it's the final episode of season two, and it's B.O.T. Bot. And then uh, 80, episode 82, Carnage in C minor, yes. And uh, yeah, so usually when you ask, you know, fans, what is the worst episode of G1? Um, I'd say like most people will say Carnage in C minor because it's infamous for, you know, Obviously, being an ACOM episode and full of, like, animation errors and, you know, just just weird oddities in the animation. But, um, Bot comes up a lot, too, just because it's such a, it's just a really terrible, like, probably, you know, written for the paycheck, like, with no internal logic script. And, like, it just has a lot of, like, half-baked ideas and... It, it fails to, like, sell toys. It, it fails at a lot of things. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about Bot, and then we're going to talk about Carnage in C minor. And then at the end of this episode, I'm going to demand you guys say which one you think is the worst episode of Transformers Generation 1, or the Sunbow cartoon. So we, we, Yeah, no, no, <laughs> we're, we're leaving out every other cartoon, just, yeah, the 98 original episodes of G1. I, I will demand that you make a, a choice, so be prepared for that. But yeah, so like we will start off in chronological order with Bot, and uh, Bot was uh, aired in on January 9th in 1986. Uh, it was written by Earl Kress, who uh, Derek noted before we started recording wrote some of the let's say stinker episodes of G1, including this one. He also he also wrote a couple good ones, like, I mean, like, Desertion of the Dinobots, a part of Ultimate Doom, like, but, yeah, like, it, the rest of his uh, repertoire, his uh, resume isn't uh, as impressive. But... The Immobilizer. Yeah, and uh, Hoist Goes Hollywood, yep. But, yeah, so... Um, I'm going to read the wiki's summary for bot and, uh, they like, you know, the wiki is known for it's like snark and, you know, sarcasm, but like, even like this summary is completely like they, 
whoever wrote this like couldn't even like you know be objective about it so you i i, I will read it and then we'll 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 go from there the Combaticons enter an unidentified city for no discernible reason, then all transform to vehicle mode for no discernible reason. While transforming, Swindle knocks over Brawl for no discernible reason. Brawl expresses his displeasure for an obvious reason. Then they drive, yes even the Flyers drive, about ten feet down the street and form Bruticus for no discernible reason. He is immediately destroyed by a single shot by Defensor, who's there for no discernible reason, Defensor just leaves a pile of parts alone and unsupervised, apparently not bothering to alert the other Autobots or anything. This enables Swindle, who somehow survived without a scratch the explosion that reduced all the other Combaticons to a pile of parts, to gather up the bits. No human authorities are involved either. Swindle then visits the generically evil foreign guy El Presidente on his ship filled with weapons in order to buy parts to repair the Combaticons. Meanwhile, Megatron is running a simulation of his new orbital disruptor cannon. After Starscream whines, Megatron explains that once the moon is knocked from orbit, they will use Soundwave's new device to control the tides. They will then use the colossal power to flood a single canyon, creating a limitless source of power. What? At the Combaticons headquarters, El Presidente's men load up the weapons and more advanced computer systems from the wrecked robots, as apparently Swindle forgot about that whole repair thing. Swindle then leaves to take the remaining parts to a dump. Shortly after they all leave, Skywarp arrives, noting no one seems to be home. He discovers a piece of one of the Combaticons, then notices there's a trail of them. Confused, he asks Megatron what to do. Megatron calmly replies that the, he should perchance follow the trail of wreckage in order to discover where it may lead. Swindle arrives in a junkyard where he threatens a junkyard worker before he starts to dump the leftovers. Starscream and Skywarp discover him in the act and capture him as he tries to escape. Back at the Decepticon base, Soundwave installs a bomb in Swindle's head. He has 15 hours to reassemble the Combaticons before it goes off. Swindle takes the parts back from various mid-80s evil foreign stereotypes and reassembles the team. However, they are still unable to combine into Bruticus because Brawl's personality component is missing. Swindle is charged with getting the component back or the bomb will still go off. Meanwhile, at Benjamin Franklin Pierce High School, Mr. Robin's demonstration of a laser is sabotaged by two sociopathic students, Martin and Roland, who boost the laser's power output so high it instantly burns a hole through steel. Rather than involve the authorities, Mr. Robbins threatens them with an F in his class if they don't win a blue ribbon at the science fair, and assign a lease presser to assist them for no discernible reason. Outside, the two assholes meet the meek and spineless Elise. They realize a high-rise is on fire across the street and witness the Protectobots coming to the rescue. Well, four of them. Blades cuts the cables holding a rig. Two window washers are on with his rotors, the bastard. This inspires them to build a robot for their project. The three rummage for parts in the same junkyard where Swindle dumped the Combaticon's leftover remains and Elise discovers a random piece of machinery. They spend the night in the school lab assembling their machine and Martin dubs it Bot. After several failures, Elise installs the random piece of machinery, which turns out to be Brawl's personality component. Naturally, Brawlbot goes postal and starts trashing the place. Martin grabs the laser and fires, and Bot runs off. The kids run to the school's preposterously advanced computer lab, 
and use it to call the Protectabots. Teletran 1 gets the SOS, and Optimus Prime sends Gears, Ironhide, and Bumblebee to investigate. Swindle re-threatens the junkyard worker, who says that maybe some kids took the part Swindle is after. Swindle mutters, you better hope so, then proceeds to rummage through the trash, seemingly instantly forgetting that whole kid's angle. The Autobots arrive at the school. The kids seem disappointed that they didn't get the Protectabots, but quickly lead them to their runaway creation in the school's cafeteria. Brawlbot knocks all three Autobots over with a single serving pan of corn on the cob. That high school food, I tell ya, huh? Then deflects Gear's blaster fire with a pot lid. Ironhide shoots molten lead at Brawlbot, but he leaps to grab a light fixture, avoiding the attack and the now-weakened floor collapses under Ironhide. Brawlbot runs for it, barricading the door out with remarkable speed, and heads for a seemingly abandoned building as Swindle watches. The Autobots follow, telling the kids to stay put. They enter the building and find that Brawlbot has taken an elevator 30 floors up. Ironhide wedges a stick in the doors, and the trio run up the stairs. Outside, the future serial killers grow in instantly impatient and drag Elise inside the building. They remove the stick and, and enter the elevator and head up. A blast erupts behind the Autobots, and Ironhide orders them to shoot up. They shoot at absolutely nothing. Ironhide declares they hit whatever it was, and they run right into Swindle. Meanwhile, the elevator has stopped. Roland is lifted up so he can open the emergency hatch and discovers Bot is trying to break the elevator cables. Sadly, Bot is prevented from snapping the cables by an energy blast from the back. The Autobots pick themselves up, seemingly having been soundly thrashed by Swindle all by himself. They all run outside to witness Swindle driving away. Back at Decepticon headquarters, Brawl is restored and the bomb is removed, and Bruticus is formed again. At the school, Elise inspects the remains of Bot to find the funny component is gone. Martin decides to hunt it down by reworking the machine that read Bot's brain response so he can track the signal. The three drive to the ocean and Elise rewires Bot's speech synthesizer so it recedes into code signals rather than creating them, letting them hear what Brawl hears. Megatron insists on a test run of the cannon, and picks Autobot Headquarters as its target, because it's in orbit, you see. No, wait, it isn't. The kids rush off to warn the Autobots, who send a signal to the Protectobots Headquarters. Having been properly forewarned, the Autobots apparently just sit around and wait for Megatron to set up his giant cannon, get his troops into position, just outside their base, and for the Combaticons to assemble Bruticus before starting to defend themselves. Bruticus basically stumbles around until he falls apart. The Protectobots arrive and random fighting ensues. Inside the base, the kids think they need to help, and Elise has a rare moment of spine. Using Teletran 1, she sends Bot out onto the battlefield on a beeline to the Disruptor Cannon. The Protectobots combine into Defensor and generate a force field, protecting about four other Autobots. The Decepticons wait until the force field wears off, then one-shot blasts Defensor to pieces. Bruticus reforms and tries to fire the cannon, but it turns and blasts Starscream and Soundwave instead. Bot is working the cannon using a conveniently placed control panel at the base, and it causes it to explode by hitting the clearly marked Overload button, sending Bruticus flying away and forcing a Decepticon retreat. Back inside, the Autobots thank the kids for their help and offer their apologies for the loss of their robot. 
at least asks if they have any spare parts so they can try again, but Roland and Martin duct tape her mouth shut and drag her away while the Autobots just watch. Arg. And that's bot. So yeah, like honestly, like this is an episode where like maybe you watch it once and you're like, oh yeah, that was that was pretty good. But like when you rewatch it like multiple times, you're like, wow, that was like super dumb. Like and you know, pay attention to the like details. Like I think most people kind of think of this episode and they think, oh yeah, that's the one where Swindle like has a lot to do and there's like there's a whole subplot featuring Swindle. And, like, I mean, it is good character spotlight time for Swindle, but, like, everything surrounding that is kind of, like, awful. So, I mean, what what were, what were are your guys, like, you know, initial reactions to this episode and how it's aged over time and, you know, whatever? I, I, I think one of the things that really uh, grinded my gears with this is I'm a huge Protectobots fan. I love Defensor, and this was pretty much, like, kind of his showcase. And they do do some cool stuff with him. Like, you know, they do the the fire rescue thing, even though Blaze is a psychopath. But you know what? On point for the character, Mike. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> there's points where, like, the, the hot spot's just standing on a ridge. He's like, too hot for you to set the guns. And all the time, like, oh, he's badass. And he does nothing. <laughs> um, and, but I, I felt like the Protective Bots got really kind of short-changed. However, you know what? Good on, like, the Combaticons and the Protective Bots for, like, Moving out of their parents' house and getting their own house, like, you know, their own apartments, that, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. um, I didn't understand that. But uh, I, I think the, the biggest thing that really, like, chafed me was, like, this, like, a lot of people complain about 80s cartoons and, like, you know, how they're silly toy commercials, which Transformers was. But Transformers did have, a like, more than a few really good episodes that, like, had lore had storytelling, had good characterization, and you're like, oh, man, this is actually not just something so simple. This was completely simple. This was paid by numbers. You could have put this plot in anything. Uh, a couple of wacky kids, like, find this, and blah, 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 and it's like, oh, they saved the day, and it's just like, wow, this, this is not a, a, a well-thought-out episode. It was, it was, yeah, like you said, just like, we'll get into detail, but, man, it's just when you compare it to really good episodes like war dawn and stuff like that, it's just like, Ooh, you guys need to work on this shit. <laughs> like this episode kind of completely fails to sell like the combaticons and Protectobots. Like, you know, they just kind of, they don't even fight. Like they Bruticus and defense both fall apart after one shot. Like, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's kind of baffling. Like it, it this episode kind of fails at even doing the simple task of like, I, I feel like selling these toys. I feel like if I had seen this before I saw Starscream's Brigade, my opinion of Bruticus would be a lot lower than it is. And I guess I'll just say I feel like they took the Bob Budiansky tech spec way too literally with the whole force field thing. Like, it's like, his force field is the most awesome ever, but it uses lots of energy. And that sequence where everybody gathers around Defensor and, and, you know, basically Megatron's like, stop firing! He's got a force field! And then it's like two seconds later, the force field goes off, and they fucking unload on his ass, and he falls over like a little bitch. And you're just like, oh, well... I, 
if you if you had any kind of fandom for the, those characters like Tony does, I mean, I don't necessarily think you know. For me, I, I don't have as much. I mean, I own some Protectobots. I like the Protectobots, but I don't think I have the same level of fandom that Tony does. So I express my my empathy to Tony because it's like Defensor looks like a fucking moron in it, and then they don't really showcase. The, I mean, the Protectobots have their own apartment, like we joked, but when they call for help, like, a bunch of Season 1 Autobots show up. It's Gears and Ironhide and Bumblebee, so it's not... I mean, if, if they were going to radio for help and the Protectobots got the message, and then maybe you got to introduce those characters and give them a little more personality, you know, see Streetwise in action, or see Groove in action, or, or see Blades, or Hotspot, or you know, uh, who am I missing? Oh, first day. Like, who... Uh, God, I, I. that's why I couldn't think of him. Like, was he even in this fucking episode? Like, who the fuck knows, you know? Like, he was there visually, but he had no character, no no lines, yeah. Yeah, so, so I mean, you... you again, I, I think what Mike's saying is pretty sound. Like, if you... If your intention is to sell toys, you did a pretty abysmal job at even doing that much. Uh, I guess because I've been keeping track of these things and, and I mentioned it when we covered some of the other episodes and Wardon was brought up and that was one of the episodes that Tony brought to talk about on this show one time. And we had mentioned that it's got one of the highest IMDb scores. Now, I mean, just to give some context, no episode of Transformers on IMDb has a score higher than eight point something you know i think i think the highest ones are like 8.3 and 8.5 or 6 or something like i think those are the highest right so no episode has a 9 no episode has a 10 no episode has below a 5 either so there's no episode that's like this is so horrible it's a 1.1 or a 2.1 or whatever i mean by that rationale like 5 is probably a failure but you know i'd say some of the more questionable episodes on average range in the sixes and most episodes range in like, you know, they're like C's there. Most episodes they give 7.4, 7.5 and the really outstanding ones. Like I said, you know, according to, you know, a, a, a multitude of people on the interwebs who all, put their ratings of the episode and then you get this yeah. aggregate you get this aggregate score right so just to give some context you you have episodes like Wardon that are you know 8.3 or so, some something like that right and and you've got you know i think i think dark awakening has a really high you know 8 point something score even episodes that we've probably declared are outstanding on on this podcast, they they have the mid range. They're usually, you know, let let me put it this way: there's only one episode in season one that's an eight point something episode, and uh, that's the what is it? The heavy metal, you know, the one where Megatron gets all the powers and shit and fights oh, Optimus uh, Prime. Heavy metal war, yeah. Heavy metal war. Heavy metal war has like an eight point five or whatever it is, but all the other season one episodes are all seven point something, right? So just to give that context, on average. Most people give favorable scores, but they're seven point whatevers. The, the episodes like that are a little more questionable, like you know, what, what is it like? Uh, fucking Power Glide gets a girlfriend or whatever, you know, th shit like that. Like, okay, those are like six point whatever, right? The, the only two episodes that have five point scores are the episodes we're discussing tonight. Huh. But 
<laughs> has an IMDb score of 5.9. <laughs> Carnage in C minor, and I'm just jumping ahead to, to establish the distinction, has an IMDb score of 5.5. Those are the two lowest IMDb aggregate scores of all, like, 98 episodes. And I, I just to establish... There, there's there's a funny little review from somebody named C. Dietz that was that was left in March 2010, and it says, "For bot, the dumbest episode in Transformers history!" Exclamation mark. The story makes no sense. The animation is just horrible, and the showcasing of the Protectobots and Defensor is just plain bizarre. The episode is about Swindle, who, after a fight with Defensor, tries to sell off the other Combaticons' body parts. Why? At first, we see him trying to buy body parts, and we get no explanation as to why he changes his plans. Megatron's plan seems ridiculously complicated to the point where it does not make sense. The kids introduced in this episode are extremely annoying and loathsome, and people complain about the kids in Armada. Don't even get me started on the animation errors. There are too many to list. Bottom line, worst period, episode period, ever period. And that's that's an IMDb review. Now, some of the stuff I agree with, some of the stuff I don't. I mean, ironically, like, if, if I had to point to something that's a positive, at least this episode's animated by Toei. I mean, it's yeah. not great, but, it, it, I mean, there are worse you know, like there are worse episodes that that are well, animated. All, all, all mouth flaps sync up. <laughs> most of the yeah, at least all the right characters for the most part are in the right like places. <laughs> I I would say like my my biggest problem like what you just uh, said is like you know like the Fitzor doesn't get a lot of screen time like you know he shows up and stuff and we don't get a lot of like you know characterization for. Like Hotspot or Blades or or Streetwise probably gets the most. Probably the worst one though is Bruticus. It's all swindle. You don't get any onslaught. You don't like Brawl is just stupid. Burr, be dumb. And it's like wow, like 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 you guys said, way to sell the toys, guys. Well, this this episode could have been comedy gold if when they installed the personality component into bot, like it talked like brawl and acted like brawl and stuff. And like brawl was like trapped in that body, but no, no, it's just stupid. Yeah. No, I agree. I think for, for, uh, and this is not to be disparaging or anything, but I think for a children's cartoon, like typically I'm used to children's cartoons being extremely explicit with plot points so you know to beat you over the head so that you know like what's going on and i feel like that whole thing about brawl's circuit or brain or whatever the fuck is going on there it's like super vague like like how uh, unless you read that in a summary like i mean i get that that there's the scene where you know Swindle reassembles the Combaticons and then they can't form Bruticus. And then and then Megatron, you know, Frank Welker's almost doing like a pre-Galvatron where Megatron's like, Swindle! You know, like he's he's like like all pissed off because he's still like kind of conning them the whole time and everything, which is probably for me, at least there's one positive moment. There's a nice Frank Welker, you know, yelling swindle moment or whatever, which I thought was pretty good. But 
the I don't I mean okay so there's that right you know something's up with brawl you know oh I need that one component but it's like I don't know it, it, to me it's just so unclear like like everything in this is very kind of I don't know the plot just seems like super vague like I think the the point about the review on IMDb that I like is like okay swindles an opportunist so he goes to get parts presumably to fix the combaticons but somehow he gets offered a better deal so he sells the parts but like what did he get out of like i mean it's it's super unclear like what did he get in return for that that was so good that he couldn't pass up you know like it doesn't make any sense like well i mean uh, there's also continuity i mean like starscream says point blank you know, your big lumbering, like, you know, monster is like ineffective. It's like you made him in Starscream's brigade. You yeah. brought him back online. Yeah. Well, that could just be like sour fucking graves. I mean, I think you well, guys like, are missing like the biggest glaring thing in this episode. The Autobots are knocked over by a bucket of corn on the cob. <laughs> like, that's not something you can live down. Like, I don't care if you're, like, a million-year-old, like, soldier. Like, you were defeated by tiny corn on the cob. Well, well, well Gears does say that, like, like, this is so humiliating being outclassed. He does mention that. Well, I don't know. It doesn't make it better, but it sucks, yeah. Okay, one, I, I haven't gotten any tweets back, but I did tweet about this tonight. So, shout out to Rob Kelly and MASHCAST. But this Hawkeye Pierce school that they go to, like... Right? Yeah, what, yeah. What is this school? Who built it? Like, what is going on there when Transformers, who are like 30 fucking feet tall, can fit through the front door, they can fit in the classrooms, they can fit in the fucking cafeteria. Like, who knows, Justin? Maybe that corn on the cob has mutated, like, them ants corn on the cob. <laughs> fucking owns Transformers, for all we know, because I've never seen those school like this before. Our corn on the cob is as dense as a super black hole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, well, what? Yeah. I mean, when I talk about animation errors, yeah, I mean, like, Bumblebee and Gears, I can maybe give a pass on. Like, maybe they're, like, eight feet tall. Okay. But Ironhide is just running around the school and, like, 20 he feet fits, tall, like, right? He fits through the fucking doors. I mean, it's 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 <laughs> incredible. Like, like, even doors that don't make any sense for him to fit through, he just fucking fits through them. Like, so it's ridiculous. I also like when Bot barricades the door and Gears can't even get through it, even though it's only a bunch of like wooden furniture he barricaded it with. Yeah, yeah he, says, he says it's a wooden door, and like they show the other side is like it's just some desks. Hey, maybe again, corn on the cob made by them ants. It's got some desks made by them ants. Oh, it's more wood than I expected. Damn it. <laughs> Oh, boy. I, I like how the synopsis Mike read it kind of acknowledges the fact that um, the two boys in this episode, like, the way they're drawn, they look like they would be school bullies. I mean, they drag Elise around and treat her like crap, but they're, they're drawn to look older, and they've got, like, mean expressions on their faces. They just look like someone who would, like, pick on Spike. Like, if we ever saw, like, Spike at school... 
I imagine these two boys would like pick on him and like knock him down in a mud puddle or something. I, I know they were just like synthetic, like weird bodies that Ultra Magnus and Rodimus Prime jumped into in season three in mm-hmm. Only Human. But like, part of me wonders if like Roland and Martin like grow up to be those synthetic bodies. Like, <laughs> well, I was saying like Roland looks like he's friggin' Robin Williams or something. Like he's got the he's like Mork or something. He's got the red suspenders and the white Dude, shirt. You, like you people listening can't see this, but Roland is Mike's avatar on Skype tonight, and it's so tiny that and it's a picture of Roland with his mouth gaping wide open. But because the avatar is so tiny on my tablet screen right now, to me, it looks like the same color as his hair. So it looks like a mustache instead of a gaping mouth. So I was like, dude, Mike, what's up with animated Tom Selleck on your avatar? Because that's what it looks like to me. He looks like Tom Selleck. Well, and the thing I don't understand is, is like, you know, we talk about poor writing. But the whole idea with, like, these two little degenerate ass faces is that you know they cause trouble but they're supposedly in a smart school and then they get teamed up with elise and it's like oh no not her and you're like it's like no she's really smart she just isn't pretty it's like what the fuck is that dude you guys aren't pretty either you're both fucking kind of horrible looking like when swindle was going around the different countries like do you think that place with the arabs was carbamia <laughs> maybe I, 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 I ask, ask Casey Kasem if he was offended by if it. If he was yes. offended by it, yeah, we'll find out. You know, you know what I don't agree with with the TF Wiki is they talk about how it's generic foreign evil bad guy. I'm like, dude, were you watching this? His name is El Presidente. I mean, I don't think there's anything generic about that. He was supposed to be some kind of South American dictator selling arms. Like, I, I don't think there was anything generic about that. But yeah, and that, that one yeah. soldier was definitely Russian. There was yeah, that one soldier that when, yeah, they, when he went and collected the rubles cards. back. Yeah, yeah. I I think also like for these guys to be like supposedly like in a, an advanced school, like Bob looks like fucking stupid. You can't build a better robot. I mean, <laughs> like we have short circuit. Like Johnny Five looked better than this piece of shit. What the fuck? Well, like like Autobot X looked better than this shit. Isn't that the ultimate indignity? I mean, you, you talk about getting beat up by corn in the cob, but the Autobots got their asses saved by fucking bot. Like, I mean, they're... and why did why didn't Megatron make a human sized control panel on his cannon with a button that said overload <laughs> on it? I don't want this to fail. <laughs> Mike, I have a question. Do do uh, the boys and Elise ever show up in any other like Transformers media like storybooks? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so. Oh, For all we bad. know, we should they dragged Elise away and murdered her or something. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the sign of a truly awful? I'm gonna say it. Season two episode that that there's no fan like favorite character or paraphernalia that they took out of it. I mean. You know, I'm not going to knock season two entirely, even though I don't like season two very much. But, like, think about it. Crim Zeke has, like, little toy action figures somewhere in the world. Like, Nightbird has a bunch of toy action figures somewhere in the world. You know what I mean? But it's like, is there anybody out there clamoring for a third-party bot? Like, I don't think so, you know? (laughs) I I, I don't don't think anybody's going to pay a hundred bucks for bot, you know? Like... I want to say, like, someone somewhere, maybe, like, that third-party group that made, like, the uh, Quintessons, 
I, I want to say somebody made an Autobot X, like non-transforming figure. Oh, for like you mean Spike, right? Yeah. 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 yeah no but that, that's what I, that I guess that's my point is is yeah, there are people out there who have who have fondness for other sort of made for TV characters, but this certainly is not one of them. I think I think they're they missed their opportunity to do like a bot Titan Master and like to put on like Brawl's head or something like that. <laughs> he he looks like a Robear Burble from Thundercats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's like an unused animation model without the like fur or whatever. Speaking speaking of that, like gotta give my shout out to, to me and my friends are gem girls because Jim is all over this episode with like reused like character models and shit. Like when when uh, when yeah. Streetwise runs and saves those two assholes that fall off the thing and doesn't murder them by having them fall in his metal hands or whatever. Like they cut back to like the the you know bystanders that are like oh my gosh and there's like a a, a Kimberly but it, you you know. Uh, obviously her hair's not red or you know it's like they tweak all the it's like a black-haired kimberly and like a yellow outfit or something like that but it's totally kimberly for jim and the holograms and then when they when they're in the classroom with roland and martin like when they're about to like you know kill everybody with a laser <laughs> you know they cut to the, oh they, my god what, what, what's jim's like uh boyfriend's name Oh, Rio? Oh, you saw, like, Rio in the back or something like that? Like, I saw... No, I, saw I, wonder, I wonder if, like, Rowan is, like, Rio's, like, illegitimate kid. I, I saw I saw a Jerrica that was, like, recolored. And then and then there's also another Kimberly that was colored, like, different colors. So, like, they, they, they used a bunch of stuff from from Jim, like, for, like, bystanders or, or, I guess, you know, background characters that have no speaking lines, you know, for the students and the, the street bystanders and stuff like that. You know what's really funny about this episode that like kind of like made me take stock of like what the hell are they doing? All the kids are like the protective bots are so cool and they're so awesome, and the autobots are just like Durr. and then they show the protective bots like you said, Derek, and they get knocked over. And I'm like, did this make anyone look good? Yeah, bot, bot, bot look good. Like, yeah. Man, like yeah, they, bot they, awesome. I think, I think Earl Crest was under the misimpression that they were selling a bot toy. You know. <laughs> we're gonna get that Robear bot boy <laughs> another oddity and like it's where it's like when gears tells wheeljack to use his gyro inhibitor like if you read the universe profile you know that's like a shell that wheeljack it's, fires to like that implants on people and un, like unbalances them but in this it's just some kind of like weird sonic wave he shoots from his ear I guess that destroys missiles. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know. Yeah. Well, well, dude. Like, okay, this is going to start something that's going to continue on to the next episode, really heavy. But so many unbalanced like takedowns. The power levels are still out of whack. Is like Starscream takes a dead-on hit from that cannon, like that's supposed to like destroy the arc in one hit, and all it does is like team rocket him away, like, so. <laughs> yeah, like team rocket away. <laughs> I'm blasting off. 
Like, it, that's, it, that's, yeah, it's, it's funny because like, they actually do like the little flips and turns like Wee! That's the one the one shot that made me like laugh is when Starscream gets like dead on hit by that cannon and it just that shot of Megatron watching his Starscream like cartwheels over him like in the air. Like I, I did think that like, you know, it is a little bit like uneven as far as like toy or character, but like I, I was kind of like happy that Swindle got a shot in on Ironhide and knocked him down. I was like, okay, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, because they had such a deep rivalry in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well developed and understandable rivalry. At least he didn't shoot him with corn. I mean, come on, you know, at least he shot him with a gun. You know? Excuse me, ma'am. I need to fit through them here cafeteria doors. <laughs> it's like, what? See, now I just have this image of like. Ironhide filling his arm with corn and shooting it out at the swindle. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to have a corn, like creamed corn in those liquids he always shoots. <laughs> Molten lead, liquid nitrogen, <laughs> yeah, cream corn. Here we go. That would have been a great joke, like when like uh, he shoots his uh, lead at Bot, and like stupid Robert Burble, like you know, comes back at him. You know, he just been like, ah, uh, cream corn, my weakness. <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, I guess cream corn is like the Autobots fire retardant foam. If we stay, this foam will permanently damage our circuitry. The Autobots are through anyway. Retreat! I mean, if there's any, if like Derek said, if there's anything to praise about this episode, the animation's not terrible. I mean, there's some really awful bits, like... There's that bit where Swindle drives in to meet El Presidente and is like it's literally just a still frame of his Jeep mode like sliding along the ground and it like kind of hovers for a couple seconds like Yeah, I mean I'm not I'm not saying it's great. Like I I I mean even the wiki mentions how like the the space shuttle and the helicopter like driving in the road with the rest of the combaticons and stuff. I mean, it's not it's not great. Like there's some there's some odd things, but I, I think just in context, I think something in, I think, Bot's favor is, you know, Toei versus Acom. Like, you'll, you'll be, uh, I'm not saying Toei is great, but Toei is better than Acom. So, I think with Toei, you will not be uh, scratching your head. You'll just be like, you know, like, yeah, that's not right. With Acom, you're just going to be like, what the fuck? And I mean, <laughs> wait, wait, the, <laughs> wait, sorry, sorry. The, I'm looking at the TF Wiki. The Mandarin translation for this episode is "fat baby." <laughs> uh, like, like Italian is young inventors. Japanese is the revival of Bruticus. The Mandarin, fat baby. <laughs> oh, no, a more appropriate title was ever given. Wow. Does that stand for? Fucking awful Transformers. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, it's like F, yeah, yeah, exactly. F dot A dot T. Like I said, like the, the the voice acting, like generally, you know, makes this watchable. Like for the most part, like I think I, I laughed. I think I posted it on your Facebook page, like Derek, when you said you were watching this. But I laughed when Starscream's like, you know, your stupid warrior is standing there, like. I mean, and like Tony says, it barely makes sense because it's you know Bruticus is technically Starscream's warrior. But... I, I I think I think but this is my in canon explanation. I totally think that's sour grapes. 
I totally yeah, think yeah, like he's no, so. he's passing the buck to Megatron. Yeah. He's like, okay, well, you want probably like still high on getting him back. Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. And and, and in Starstream's defense, Bruticus was a hell of a lot cooler when he was in charge of him. So, or it's Starstream true. is either lying or he's stupid. <laughs> I'm stupid. I'm stupid. <laughs> I love that. The last thing I want to say about this episode is like the final scene where they like tape up Elise's mouth and like run off with her. I like how all the Autobots just stay still and like don't. <laughs> Like yeah, I, if if this was a video game, like there, like the little like text bubble would come up for the Autobots, and it would just go the dot ellipses. dot dot. <laughs> we never saw her again. the The only thing I have to say about this episode, uh, sadly, I always liked Defensor. I I bought the toy when I was a kid. I still have a lot of love for it. But like I was like, man, they they could have made a cool Defensor versus Bruticus episode, and they did not. <laughs> they 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 screwed the pooch on like that. Like I they said, been... they they narrowly avoided comedy gold by not having Brawl like be you know actually in bot and like you know talking like you know that would be funny. I think like what am I doing in this body? Like what the fuck? Like you know. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, the, the animation is good. Uh, as far as, like, most episodes, uh, I would agree with that. It's not an Acom thing, which we're going to get into. Man, the, the script is so weak. It's so... I would say this script is so paper-thin. It could, Like I said, it could have been done with any of the 80s cartoons. You know, it's yeah, like... He, he, I think Earl Crest, like, farted this one out, like, just like write an episode with the protector bots and the combaticons, like whatever, like do something. Well, oh, are we are we done? Do you want to move on to Carnage in C minor? Anything else? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we should move on. All right, so we'll we'll take a brief break, and then when we come back, we will discuss Carnage in C minor. We will discuss. Do you enjoy movie scores? Do you like science fiction? fantasy and do you like movies uh, uh everything's under control situation normal what happened uh had a slight weapons malfunction but uh everything's perfectly all right now we're fine we're all fine here now thank you how are you Well, I have a podcast for you, Soundtrack Alley. It's a podcast where I take you on a journey through the time of my childhood and beyond to give you a glimpse into the world of movies, science fiction, fantasy, and other films that touch me on a personal level. You'll also enjoy interviews from film composers from famous movies from the past or even current times. Enjoy the interaction I have with guests on my show every so often, and check out other shows that share in guest spots. 
So sit back, relax, and let the soundtrack world wash over you. And check out Soundtrack Alley. You'll love it. Hey guys, welcome back. And uh, we are about to talk about the second worst episode ever in our worst episode ever showdown. And that would be Carnage in C Minor, which is, like I said, the 82nd episode of Transformers. It's in season, We're in season three now. Uh, Carnage in C Minor aired on October 14th in 1986. Uh, it was written by Buzz Dixon, who, um, I mean, he has. A, I think he has a better uh, resume than, uh, a smaller, but a better resume than Earl Crest did. I mean, he wrote... Uh, an even resume, like, not great, not terrible, just perfectly fine stuff yeah it's like yeah the other two episodes he wrote are not terrible like i mean but what did he write uh the god gambit and prime target i like god gambit yeah so i mean prime and prime target. targets with the the big game hunter like i mean that's kind of like that's kind of funny goofy not like bad yeah. goofy i guess so but but anyway yeah carnage and c minor um it was animated by Acom, and that's probably what everyone remembers about it, because this is, like, infamously, like, the most animation, like, probably the most animation error-laden episode in the whole series. Script-wise, I mean, it's probably a more consistent story with more internal logic than, you know, Bot was, but, I mean, it's still not the best, but... I will read the summary, which is, I think, devoid of uh, of uh, sarcasm, but, you know, I'm sure we'll have plenty to make fun of. But uh, So here we go. Carnage in C minor. The Decepticons are building engines in the, into the side of a comet in order to alter its course and crash it on top of Metroplex. As they fire up the engines, a group of Autobots close in, led there by Perceptor. The Autobots attack, much to Galvatron's dismay. The Constructicons form Devastator, who is promptly flattened when Broadside drops on him in ship mode. In the ensuing battle, the engines are destroyed and the comet is sent hurtling towards a small planet, which Perceptor reports is inhabited. The Autobots attempt unsuccessfully to stop the comet before Galvatron again orders his men to engage their foe. When Galvatron and Ultra Magnus are grappling, waves of sound energy destroy the comet and cause both groups of Transformers to plummet to the planet's surface. In a nearby city, three aliens are having a disagreement. One of them, Allegra, storms out, saying she's going to her retreat. The Transformers recover from their crash, wondering what hit them. Soundwave describes it as the most perfect harmony ever, but Galvatron is more interested in its destructive power. Broadside breaks up the discussion by punching Galvatron, and the fight resumes. As the Constructicons form Devastator again, Perceptor blows the giant apart with one shot from his cannon. Galvatron and Soundwave depart in search of the source of the harmony which they heard earlier, but Ultra Magnus spots them leaving and takes Broadside and Blaster in pursuit. Perceptor reflects that unless the trio are swift, there might not be much of them left. Broadside swiftly passes the two Decepticons and overflies the city, which Blaster realizes is laid out like a musical harmony. Magnus and Blaster meet with Basso Profundo, leader of the planet Eurythma. Uh, Basso prof refuses to help them, believing that the Harmony is all his people need to protect themselves. He drops a hint that Allegra might be able to help them, a fact overheard by Galvatron and Soundwave, who are spying outside. As the three Autobots go in search of Allegra, the Decepticons drop a bridge on them. 
To make sure, Galvatron blasts the wreckage and the pair fly off to find Allegra. Basso watches the two Decepticons leave and fellow uh, Eurythman Zebop Scandana uses a harmony to help the Autobots out of the rubble. Blaster realizes that Zebop was creating part of the harmony which originally blew the Autobots out of space, and Zebop says he's sympathetic to their cause and will help them find Allegra. The two Decepticons meet Allegra, offering to help her throw, overthrow Basso in, in return for the secret of the Harmony. She obliges and, the, and Soundwave records it, but to Galvatron's rage, it turns out that she is only one part of the Harmony. Basso and Zebop have the other two-thirds. Still, when the Autobots arrive with Zebop, Soundwave is testing part of the Harmony he has by destroying a rock. The Autobots set up an ambush, but Zebop is so distressed by the fact that Allegra is working with the Decepticons that he gives away their position. Galvatron starts firing, and Zebop takes refuge in Ultra Magnus's cab. Soundwave begins battering the Autobots with the Harmony. When Zebop encounters with his part of the Harmony, Soundwave promptly records it and uses the resulting two-thirds of the Harmony to devastating effect. With the Autobots apparently gone, Galvatron terminates his alliance with Allegra. She attempts to attack them with her part of the Harmony, but Soundwave retaliates, knocking her out. The Autobots climb out of their hole in time to prevent Galvatron from terminating her, but during the resulting fight, Blaster and Soundwave struggle and accidentally fall on Zeba. Galvatron grabs his minion and departs, leaving Allegra cradling Zebop in her arms. Though the Autobots believe he's had it, Allegra uses a harmony to revive him. The Autobots leave for the city. Back at the landing site, the rest of the Autobots and Decepticons are still fighting. Hotspot voices his hope that Magnus, Blaster, and Broadside hurry. The Urethmans have spotted the battle, and Basso uses an amplifier to direct a destructive harmony at it. Defensor is forced to disassemble, but the two factions fight on. Basso is depressed, and his aide points out that he needs Allegra and Zebop to complete the harmony. Arriving, Soundwave begins playing two-thirds of the harmony, shaking the city and provoking Basso into using the third part again, which Soundwave promptly records. He is subsequently able to use the complete harmonic weapon to attack the city. Pleased, Galvatron announces their next targets are Metroplex and then Cybertron. Ultra Magnus's party arrives back at the city to find it devastated and their fellow Autobots badly damaged. The Eurythmans are able to repair Perceptor and the Protectobots with a harmony, and the Autobots set off for Earth. Galvatron and Soundwave attack Metroplex with a harmony, but the Autobots soon arrive with the three Eurythmans, who nullify Soundwave's weapon with anti-sound. Blaster grabs Soundwave and uses his buttons to erase the harmony from Soundwave's tapes. Despite Galvatron raging that he hasn't ordered a retreat, the Decepticons flee anyway. The Autobots return the Eurythmans to their world, where Ultra Magnus tells them that they need to learn to live in harmony. So yeah, that's uh, Carnage in C Minor, a uh, like I said, an infamous episode for its sh- shitty, and to be blunt, animation. And it's also uh, kind of irritating, like, honestly, like all the sing- the the aliens singing and stuff like that. I think a lot of that turns a lot of people off, too. But like, what what about you guys? Like, what what did you always think this was like the worst episode where, where as a kid, did you notice like how bad the animation was? Like, what's the deal? I, I will say, like, uh, the singing is terrible. 
She was like, I am leaving to go home. Yay. I'm like, okay. And the three main characters from this planet are a bitch, a wuss, and an asshole. And they're like, puts to harmonize to be the best bitchy, wussy asshole ever. Like, okay, that's a great combination. Whatever. Fuck your planet. I like how it's not even consistent with itself because, like, there's these scenes of, like, you know, Ultra Magnus and Blaster and um, the Wimpy Prince guy, like, hanging on Broadside's jet wing. And I was watching it and I was like, why isn't dude, like, in Broadside's cockpit? Like, that's what it's for. And then the at the end of the episode, you see those three uh, sing-song people, like, where are they? They're in the cockpit. And I was like, yeah. okay, like, you, oh, at least you remembered it at some point, like, the three of them were were not, like, hanging onto the wing, like, on the way to the final battle or whatever. But, yeah, it's just, I don't know, like, when I watched Bot tonight, I was like, yeah, this is pretty bad. And then I watched this episode, and... I don't know, it was just irritating me, like, all the mistakes, you know, the animation errors is one thing, then you've got, like, characters speaking with the wrong voice, you've got logic problems, and then the sing-song stuff just gets on my nerves, I don't know, and it's like, only Soundwave and Blaster can translate, so you've got the little sing-song people talking, and then you've got, like, Soundwave or Blaster, like, translating, it's just a I don't know, that whole thing is redundant. They should have just made it for, like, everyone could understand these guys. I mean, I get it. You've got, like, the boombox transformers. They're all into this music stuff, and they're translating it. I mean, I get that, but I think you should have just did away with that, because it's like, oh, what's he saying? He said no. Well, we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> you know, it's like, why did you even need that? That's, so, let's, that's redundant. Just do away with that. I mean, I think bot. You know, I'm looking at the TF Wiki here, and it says, like, the script for Bot is, you know, weaker than this. I agree. I think Bot does have a really weak script. But I think just all the stupid mistakes in this, like, I mean. It, it would make more sense if, like, 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 the aliens were like, you know, ha, 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 ha. But, like, they're clearly speaking goddamn English. And, like, Ultraman's like, what are they saying? It's like, they're just singing. It's supposed to be cute and quaint that yeah. they're singing and that, that the only people who can understand are Blaster and Soundwave. But if you yeah. if you're if you if by the presentation of the episode you found it annoying, then they failed, right? Like like right. You, I mean, think think of the cutest, like most awesome singer you can think of, you know, whoever that may be, right? And if they were singing something and you went, oh, that's that's cute, you know. And then, you know, on top of that, Blaster's like, man, she told you she wants to go out with you. And you're like, yay. Like, that's that's what you're supposed to get out of it. But if you don't get that from it, I can understand why it's annoying. I was going to pose a question to Justin, though, since since it, it seems like, you know, and, and even Tony, because it seems like you're coming pretty hard. I mean, obviously, this is the lowest rated episode on imdb it's got a 5.5 score there's no design denying like the great majority of the public thinks this is the worst transformers episode ever even compared to bot but what i was going to ask is what if this was animated by tms like and had the sleekest most kick-ass animation ever like like Do all the primitives, yeah. Yes, I, I thought about yes. that tonight. Like call, like what if this had Call of the Primitives caliber animation? 
would, it, would would that would that change do you think that would change how you feel about the episode would it still have the sing-songy voice yes again? yes i don't know that see i thought about this like earlier when i was thinking about these episodes i I think it would change my opinion. I would still find the sing-songy stuff irritating. Because like I said, what irritates me is all the mistakes. And it's just, it's so many mistakes. Yeah, yeah just I mean, imagine, though, if it was if it was TMS. And, yeah. and aside from maybe, you know, uh, maybe there's a voice that doesn't belong on a certain body here and there. Like, it's, there, there's no fucking bobblehead fucking Transformers. There's no, there's no brawn in the middle of fucking planet goo or whatever the fuck's oh, going on. There's nothing. Magnus doesn't bang together to uh, to 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 construct the cons that are the size of my little baby size construct. <laughs> Just on that note, someone suggested that the animators were looking at the toys for scale in this episode because mm. yeah, not only are the you know the constructicons. Oh like compared to ultra magnus like yeah. that's the scale of their toys but also like superion is the same height as galvatron and like like sometimes like you know when galvatron picks soundwave up in that one scene he's like the you know the same the size their toys are basically yeah but that doesn't make sense for broadside because broadside is not even wide enough across yeah. <laughs> it was his shoulders you know derek i have another question for you yes yes tms was animating this would Galvatron and Soundwave still hold hands when they fly? <laughs> That's really important to me. There, 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 Justin, Justin, there'd be a glistening little ching when they join hands. Yeah, they it would it. look super awesome. Oh, man. Yeah, now, actually, like, you know, something we brought up in the last, like, uh, episode is kind of clear here. I feel like they were trying to sell broadside. And you know what? I will say this. I remember this as a kid. When the aircraft carrier lands on Devastator, an aircraft carrier is bigger than Devastator. And I actually remember as a kid thinking like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I will agree with you there. Like, Bot might have failed to sell the Protectobots, but I think like this episode kind of like was almost like sold, even though the actual G1 broadside toy is terrible, like it would have sold me a broadside. And like, it's almost the reason like this and like the burden hardest to bear where broadside is also portrayed as like huge has like instilled in me a need for any broadside toy to be big, which is why I didn't buy the Titans return broadside because he's shorter than everyone. And I'm like, no broadside needs to be like, you know, a head taller than like ultra Magnus at least. He's huge. He's huge. I think I'm going to be devil's advocate on this one and just say, and, and this may be, you know, kind of, uh, you know, prefacing my, my thoughts on the overall question or whatever, but I acknowledge the ACOM animation is atrocious. It's terrible. It's fucking awful. Like, you're not going to get any argument out of me. The, the, the things I'm going to point out is, so one... You've got the musical planet, right? Which is basically a shitty musical nebulos, right? They're, they, to me, like I, I see a lot of reused ideas because because these these singers, they, they they to me they they look and feel like the Nebulans did in certain regards. We had the mask of Ninjika, where they had that like culture. Then we have the uh, the mermaids on that other planet. So, like, it is kind of a thing they do in Transformers. 
So, so you've got that, that you know, that it's, it's like high school, the shitty musical planet, and, and, and these people that are proto-Debulans, I think. And then also, I'm just going to mention that they, they like this plot of attaching an engine to something, whether it's in Headmasters, you know, whether it's in you know, the Rebirth episode, or whether it's in this episode. They seem to get off on... Attaching oh, an engine to something and, and, and rocketing like a planet or a comet or whatever it is, right? So, so and, and these are not the great things about the episode. So I'm, I'm kind of going through some of that kind of stuff before I get into, you know, some of my defense. And then, you know, I, I will agree that, that some power levels in this are kind of ridiculous where like Perceptor takes out Devastator like in a single shot, like, which... I think it's kind of ridiculous because I'm like, dude, bro, where was this during the Battle of Autobot City, bro? You know, like where, where we could use that if, <laughs> if you could have done that, you know? I, I really think most of the problems people have with this episode is because of the um, animation. Like, the, 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 that that's essentially what makes things clunky, confusing, and or poor. But I don't mind the concept like, I don't mind the fact that they went to an alien planet. The alien planet has weapons of mass destruction and or culture that utilize sound to the nth degree and blaster and sound wave being the most proficient in that arena from their respective camps fall in love with that culture and or power. Like, I think that's a pretty cool idea. Wouldn't it be cool if, like, Soundwave and Blaster had a moment where they, like, were, like, bonding? Like, even not as friends, like, you know, just, like... Oh, like, like, like had, a, had a sense of mutual appreciation for, for, for what was going on on the planet? Yeah, that, that might have been a cool bit. I mean, I, I, I'd agree with that. Like, I just... I, I think, like, like, Soundwave is thirsty for the three parts of the melody like i'm thirsty for like hot asian chicks and common rider shows like he's like all <laughs> about it like like he you know it's like it's like i love that moment like and and you have to understand like soundwave has the cool voice right and everybody knows soundwave's voice and most times it's very level and very like monotone and and that moment where Galvatron's like, Soundwave, are you getting this? And he's like, it is I beautiful. Am, yeah. I am like he's about to fucking come or something, you know? Like it's just <laughs> like crazy. Like, and it's like you've never heard Soundwave do that before. So one, like I I appreciate, like, I, I guess I'm gonna point out that the, the things that I love about this is okay, one, it's set in season three. Season three's in space. Like, both those things automatically, like, that's two points above Bot that Bot can go kiss my ass, right? <laughs> it's season three, and it's in fucking outer space, okay? The voice acting is better, or at least just as good as Bot, okay? I, I, will, I will get you back on one thing, Derek. Ultra Magnus is supposed to be a soldier. That's, like, he said that. I don't want to be a commander. And you know what? I will say this. He sounds like a soldier in this like episode. He's like, I gotta make the hard decisions. I wanna do like, you know, the the shitty thing, maybe, but I'm I'm like, you know, he's he's like no nonsense. He's kind of like Duke and G.I. Joe. That's true. And and I think everybody is pretty much in character. Like, 
I, I think they tried to play up the, the toy selling bit of Ultra Magnus and Galvatron, you know, fighting and wrestling with one another, right? Which is fine. Like, yeah, I know you said, like, where's Rodimus? And you think, like, oh, I'm a big Rodimus fanboy and I should be butthurt about it. But that, I think that never even entered my mind. I figured Ultra Magnus is on some mission. They, they got reports that Decepticons were going to crash this comet and he went out there with the squad. Like, I'm fine with that. Like, and, and I, I think the, the other thing I like about this episode versus bot is everyone here has a personality like Galvatron propositions Allegra and he charms Allegra at first. And then when he has no further use for her, he discards her like a tissue. And that's exactly what Galvatron would fucking do. And then, you know, Ultra Magnus pretty much the straightforward soldier like tony was saying but you know what i like about this is that these guys all have personalities and they they do that thing it's like i know some people will be like oh the ultimate doom's not that great of an episode of transformers but you know what's great about the ultimate doom is that everyone in that has like some kick-ass sense of humor and they have some good sort of solemn kind of loving mushy moments and all like it, it, it kind of plays with it there's there's serious elements and then there's elements where they crack jokes that your dad will laugh at with you when you're watching this cartoon and i think in this carnage and c minor might have the shittiest acom animation that has ever been put to fucking cells ever but you know what when when ultra magnus is like dude who's the band leader i want to talk to him it's that same kind of sardonic humor that Springer and Braun and everybody's had. Like that moment where they're talking about, well, what's the deal with all these people? Like what's the feud between Allegra and Basil Profundo? And and they get into, well, is it, oh, they don't like each other's music? Like they got problems with each other's music? And Broadside's like, ah, everybody's a critic. You know, and it's like that. that's why this is better because they're cracking jokes and they're doing fun stuff. And then th this is going to be my final thing on this. This is my theory. I have nothing to back this up with. But I think everything that's shitty about this comes from season two. And I think this was just a season two episode that Buzz Dixon had wrote already and had in his back pocket. And he retooled it for season three. Like, the, originally, like, why is it only Galvatron... And, and Soundwave. There's no Cyclonus. There, you, you, Tony said, where's Rodimus? You know what I'm saying? Where's the sweeps? Where's Cyclonus? Oh like, is Ultra Magnus supposed to be Optimus Prime? Yes. Yes, he you is. Know, know what it almost feels like to me? I was going to mention this, too. Like, one of those, like, storybooks or sticker books from the time where, like, Ultra Magnus was leader of the Autobots, and like there was no like explanation about like mm -hmm. you know Rodimus or Optimus right. or like right. Ultra Magnus was just leader, yeah. Yeah. and there was no other. It, that was just it. Yeah, I could see that actually. Yeah, wow, that's that's like a deep and, and, and Ultra Magnus at the end, he gives the little life lesson, the parable, like y'all got to get along and you know stop disagreeing with each other. <laughs> you know it'll make it'll make your planet a better place. And I could easily see Optimus Prime. Delivering some kind of speech like that. I mean, in season two, it would have been something like, you know, Cosmos or Omega Supreme, like, flew them the fuck to outer space to go meet these guys or whatever. But other than that, I mean, it would have just been it would have just been Megatron and Soundwave chilling like villains, you know, like and, and doing the same thing, you know.
Yeah. yeah well, well, the biggest problem with this episode is definitely the Acom animation. It's like so terrible. Hearing you talk about this, like you know, hearing you say like your perspective, I can see where you're coming from. But like the Acom uh, animation, no, no, so- no, I get it, I get it. The Acom animation is shitty. The other thing that makes Acom animation easier, an easier pill for me to swallow, and and let me emphasize when I say season three, this is also what comes into it is that stock season three background music. I love all that music. So even if it's shitty animation, if I hear like, you know, you know, like that gets me into it, you know? So it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't care that they're shitty bobbleheads or that, that ultra Magnus looks like he's fucking humping the Galvatron like a dog. (laughs) I don't don't care about that because it's kind of got that cool kick ass, you know, you know, music going on in the background and I'm kind of into it. So like, that's, that that's all. I'm just gonna say, like, I'm I'm kind of you know I'm blowing the lead or whatever. But like, that's I, I'm just putting it out there. Like, that's I get I get the singing's annoying. I get it. I'm okay with it. I get it though, and I get that the animation is atrocious because it is. It absolutely is. So. Derek, I have one question for you. How yes. much did Buzz Dixon pay you to say? <laughs> <laughs> it's like thank no, you, Buzz. Speaking speaking what you were saying about like the, the, the joking and the quipping in this episode and like just the voice acting in general, I always laugh when Galvatron's like at the beginning when Galvatron's shot hits the rocket engines and they start to explode and there's just this really quick cut of Ultra Magnus going, Uh oh like and like, <laughs> and like and the whole freaking thing explodes like Well I I think they missed a really big uh thing with Broadside because he keeps talking about his finish like you know no you're ruining my finish you know like i got scratches and there's like that one point where it's like you know i was in space and he brought me down here to like a planet i'm like that would be broadside he hates the sea he hates the air i guess broadside's chief uh yeah character trait is that he complains about like a lot of things and mostly like how he hates yeah he hates being on the sea and he hates being in the air so yeah i mean that's it, it gives him a personality more than any of the Protectobots got, I guess, in that in bot. I, I kept thinking about like his Sunstreakerisms, you know, because he's doing the whole, you know, my Selenium shin guards are fucking rusty or what, you know, like that whole. I don't know. It, it's like it, it reminded me of the the you know the the Transformers show we just watched, you know, like where it was like you know Hot Rod was doing that. And it's like. I guess the, the whenever anybody complains about their finish or their paint job, like I immediately go to Sunstreaker and think, well, that's that's a Sunstreaker thing, you know, like so. But you know, it, it is yeah. what it is. I mean, there was some like uh, nice character moments, like uh, like I I guess maybe I'm reading too much into this, but like you know, we we were kind of complaining about Perceptor, like you know taking down Devastator with one shot. And I'm like, did IDW think like, Hey, he could be a sniper. (laughs) No, I mean that that's unbelievable, but I will say like, I bought the like Devastator getting like crushed by broadside moment. Cause I I mean, I think that's broadside's defining moment. Like as a character, like when you Mm, think of significant things, broadside did in like all fiction, like total, most people are going to say, oh, that time he landed on Devastator, like, in the cartoon. Yeah. Like, that's a great action beat. 
That's a great right. use of his, yeah, like his size. Like if Galvatron blasts like a combiner, then maybe they, they, I'd buy that they'd fall apart. But like in both these episodes, it was just like, you know, random shots making combiners fall apart. So that's the, the animation like wise, like there's no real, like Hotspot says at one point, oh, we're outnumbered two to one, but all they ever show are the Constructicons and then a mistaken sound wave in the forest, like shooting yeah. at them. And the well, Autobots well, should be well, like, you know, the Protectobots, the Aerialbots, and Perceptor, basically. Well, there's also that, that scene where uh, Defensor shows up for no reason and Hotspot's in front of him shooting. Yeah, right next to him. Yep. Yeah. What, what, what do you guys. Like the, the, you, you may poo-poo this, but what what do you think of the the fan theory that the the three parts of the harmony are are like pronal disruptive? Like that 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 basically they're trying to use that as an in canon explanation for all the errors in animation. Like the the reason why they look <laughs> like bobbleheads, the reason why bronze there, the reason why like there's a Constructicon colored like sound wave or whatever, you know, all this, all this horrible shit that's going on. Like, like that, that's, that's this, this distortion of time because of the, you know, the ripples that using that power is causing. Like, like, are, are you, are you thumbs down on that? Do you poo poo that? Is that something where you like, if you hear that, you go, Oh, okay, well maybe that, does that make you a little more forgiving that somebody tried to come up with a no prize for all the the, the shit animation? That sounds like an extreme desperate reach to me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh-huh. I don't think I give a shit enough to like even consider that. Yeah. I try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Sounds, yeah, like, reach. sounds like something uh, that would be proposed by Buzz Dixon. Or something, <laughs> something Buzz Dixon told Derek Crabb to say. I'll, I'll say this though, before like we like uh, end this. There's actually one thing that's not actually animation error. I don't know why. It was just like uh, uh, artistic choice. I don't know. There's this one scene where like it's Galvatron and Soundwave flying to the uh, uh, you know city. And they're about to realize that, like, the Autobots are going faster because Broadside is faster than Decepticons. Everybody can fly in this episode, by the way. I don't know if you guys remember that. Autobots can't fly, but I, I guess they can. But anyway, Galvatron just has this, like, stupid, derpy smile, like, me. Oh, yeah, I noticed that. Because, like, in the very next scene, he's back to frowning. I was like, what was that? Like, oh, he's what? like, derp. <laughs> <laughs> I win. <laughs> like I don't know why. I just like made me laugh. I was like watching. It. I was like, oh, I remember this episode. I remember all this. I remember all this. I don't remember that. He looks stupid. <laughs> it made me laugh. So well, Derek already kind of went into it, but I think we should move on to the final judgment. What is the worst episode of Transformers Generation One? And honestly, like I'll go first, and I'll say I think. For everything Derek said about Carnage and C Minor, like I, I'm, I actually like I enjoy rewatching Carnage and C Minor. I think, despite the animation errors, it, it's charming, and like I actually appreciate the animation errors at this point, where I'm kind of like, ah, that's that's terrible. Like it's fun to watch. <laughs> like like like, and it it's an episode that has a soul, and I don't think Bot has a soul. Like I feel like you know, like I said, like. <laughs> 
uh, Earl Crest just farted that script out, and like, there's no personality, there's no soul to it. Like, I'm I'm gonna say that Bot is the worst G1 episode. I I concur. Bot is the worst G1 episode. I I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with Bot because uh, I've seen animation errors all across G1. I've seen like three thousand reflectors, four hundred like thundercrackers. So animation errors, whatever, man. Fuck it. At least it was a fun story. Bot was not a fun story. I, I was really cringing at some point. So yeah, bot bot wins as far as being the worst. Well, I don't care. I'll be the one dissenting voice. I vote for Carnage and C Minor. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> no, that's. I mean, there's more than enough to say that that it is the worst episode. I mean, like it. You are I, not the, wrong. The fuck, the singing is fucking irritating. Like I, I know, like it's it's it adds a like you know a level of texture and like whatever to the episode, but it it is fucking terrible and irritating. So like and and you know it it, it does it. It, if not the worst episode by like I would say if you wanted to like you know cheat you could say bot has the worst writing and carnage has the worst animation but like I, I think I just enjoy watching carnage more than bot what 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 made you pick uh carnage justin what what was the breaking point where you had to pick that I mean it's not one thing it's just a culmination of things like I mentioned earlier just everything about it kind of and no one is defeated with corn in this episode, so it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. So shouldn't shouldn't that make shouldn't that make bot the worst episode, or 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 is getting defeated? That, that was a positive better. point for you, Justin. <laughs> that no one was defeated with corn and carnage, so that makes it better. That makes, <laughs> that makes it worse. Okay, so. That's a three to one split on uh, what the worst episode of G one is, and since Justin doesn't like Transformers, we'll just disregard his opinion. So, <laughs> hey, uh, I- IMDb is is with Justin stuff, so, you know. Yeah, yeah, like like I said at the beginning, I think if you people who maybe haven't watched Transformers in a long time and they but they still have a decent knowledge of it they'd probably say oh that one you know that one season 3 episode with all the animation errors that's the worst episode but i th- like i said i think of like and even i like when i first saw bot i was probably like oh that was a good episode like you know the combaticons the like it, I, I was fooled by the veneer of like toy selling like probably when i first saw it as a kid but like over the years like you know it kind of you know its suckiness finally like reached me so any final thoughts or i, I mean shit on my favorite combiner team projector bots are awesome hotspot Blades, First Aid, Groove, Streetwise, Forever. You guys fucking shit on those guys. Go to hell, you three little stupid kids. Hey, I mean, Hotspot was probably cooler with his, like, one or two lines in Carnage than he was in Bot. So, you know, the two-to-one odds, just the kind of challenge I like. Like, (laughs) But yeah, so that was our worst episode ever showdown for Transformers Generation 1. Uh, Derek, why don't you do our usual spiel? So if you have any comments, questions, and or concerns, you can reach out to fanholspodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us an email there. We can be found on the backlog of our episodes. It's going to be found on fanholspodcast.blogspot.com. 
All the episodes of Transformers Tuesdays are available for your review. We've got plenty of other shows there as well. We're on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We can be streamed on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Awesome. So, yeah, this is Mike uh, signing off. This is Derek, Derek WC. Farewell. <laughs> this is Justin signing off. I'm not singing. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> this is Tony. I can put like a Radio Shack fucking thing in a thing and I can make a Robear burble. I don't want to see the look on your face. Just the button that says it rain. <laughs>why didn't Soundwave have an overload button on his crotch (laughs) Blaster should have pushed that he's like you erased my cassettes I'm like oh my god like Laserbeak did he murder Laserbeak and Ravage like he erased their personalities by pressing that button it's like so that's what happened to Buzzsaw yeah I guess so no no other way they could kill Buzzsaw (laughs) he was so badass but he got erased by Allegra (laughs) Yeah, that's why they were so stupid and called the privilege. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> he ejected them and they just like crashed into a wall. Like, <laughs> all right, Blaster erased all their minds. Yeah, I can't even say the name of the, the friggin' alien race or whatever. You Rethmans? You Rethmans? Arithmans. 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 Like, yeah, I was probably saying like urethma or urethra or whatever. Urethra uh, Franklin? R E S P E C T. Find out what it means to oh, be respected. It's still music related, yeah, see? Yeah. Uh, that, that planet ain't rod. It has a narrow urethra. <laughs> <laughs>